Humor, hope, kindness, judgment, forgiveness. And judgment and forgiveness, my goodness. Both ends of the spectrum. Are you I writing was, a book? I was trying to be honest. But I never do well in those things. And then I like, by the time you're asking the same question the fourth time, i like, eh, maybe I don't feel that way. Oh, I get it. Marty, we're talking about a um, an inventory, a character strength inventory. And part of building a positive psychology and a positive growth mindset, I have people take what they call the VIA character strength inventory and then work and try to incorporate their top five character strengths into their daily lives. Nice. And it actually builds uh, the road to, to mental wellness. So how do you identify your top five character strengths? You go on a website called VIA. There's a test. Character. Oh, okay. yeah. It, it's like it's almost like an MMPI light. Yeah. Does it tell you your flaws also? <laughs> well, it tells you oh, your yeah. bottom. You, there's 24 character strengths, and it tells you your all of them, and they and they rank in order. Okay. I'll have to try that. I need to. I need to. I need to practice a little humility. Humility, well, Tony. No. <laughs> Tony Fresh. Well, you know, it, it, it's fun because I figure, you know, doing this, people go online all the time and they want to see like what color potato they would be on a Tuesday. So why not do some kind of insightful stuff too? Yeah, it sounds like fun. All right. You guys ready to do this? Yep. Let's do it. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Lead heads. We are back with another episode of the Talking Lead podcast. Fresh off our trip from Rhode Island. For the FLEOA 2021 National Convention, that's the Federal Law Enforcement Officers Association, which we've attended for the past, I think, four conventions. Talking Lead has been there, and we greatly appreciate the opportunity uh, to bring this information to you, Leadheads, that uh, that we discover there, the vendors that they have set up, uh, and, of course, the, the personalities. And this year, we, uh, we had another sponsor. And that was with the guys and gals from Feds, which is the Federal Employee Defense Services. And we've got Tony Vernetti joining us to kick off these these lines of interviews. Uh, and then we've also got another guest that I'm going to interview. But Tony, welcome in. Thanks. Good to, good to be here. How are you doing today? Doing really good. Tony's the president and CEO of Feds, and uh, we did a great interview with he and Brenda Wilson on uh, what, what all it is that they do. But just a high level before we get into that, Tony, talk about uh, what feds, why they exist. Sure. Um, so, again, I am Tony Bernetti, the president and founder of Feds Protection. Um, and we at Feds provide professional liability insurance to uh, federal employees and contractors. And one specific area um, that we focus on um, and have for years are federal law enforcement officers. So naturally, uh, FLIOA, which, you know, as most of your listeners should know, stands for the Federal Law Enforcement Officers Association, is a group that's near and dear to our heart. They've endorsed us from the from the inception. I myself am a, an attorney. Nobody should hold that against me. <laughs> but I worked um, for a federal law enforcement agency for many years, uh, the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco and Firearms. So we, we really provide um, liability insurance that's specific to the law enforcement community. We, we understand their risk, their exposures, you know, and, and we're really kind of part of their community, which is why, obviously, we 
we attend the FLIOA event, um, our big sponsor of theirs and yours. We're happy to you know be able to sponsor. Um, we greatly appreciate you, Marty, that, yes. Marty. This this year to get you um, out to the conference to provide the, the services, the information that you were able to put out to to your members. So you know the, the liability insurance, big picture. You know it just protects federal law enforcement officers when they get sued in their personal capacity, um, when they get placed under investigation for some sort of allegation of wrongdoing. We in the law enforcement community know that as internal affairs, officer professional responsibility, inspector general investigations, or even lo and behold, some some Department of Justice criminal investigations. You know this gives law enforcement officers that peace of mind when sometimes they might find themselves on the other side of the table. And it's not because they've done anything wrong, okay? You know, I like to say, you know, the, this group is the particular group that has the most exposure. I would always jokingly say because they got the three toys, right? They got the gun, the badge, um, and the car. The thing I just want to emphasize a lot, it, it's it's just, it's the badge. So it comes with the, with the power, you know, that you have incredible amount of power. Therefore, with that, you know, because you can, you know, take people's liberty away. And with that comes scrutiny. And that's right. really what we're there to um, protect. Right. You know, what goes part and parcel with that when I say peace in mind. And I think which was a huge focus at this particular conference was also, you know, the mental health the the wellness you know the the well-being Absolutely. of our law enforcement officers and that's something that the national president of FLIOA, larry cosme pretty passionate about you know bringing to this year's this year's convention you know he recently just gave me a quote for us to kind of run on on social media about about the you know about the convention if you will i'll just read uh, pieces yeah. of it that you know larry says here the 26 FLIOA convention was a great success due to the contributions of sponsors, partners, and members. The convention was really unique this year in that they provided the delegates and presidents with one-of-a-kind physical and mental health trainings to ensure their success in the field. They were also able to provide access to vital resources, you know, like a lot of the vendors, feds protections, and others, so that agents and officers know that that someone is is watching you know, they're back while they're watching the, the country's back. You know, FLIOA, there's over 30,000 members, it's exceptional, you know, member benefits. And Larry was really, you know, passionate about and grateful to, you know, the partnerships FLIOA has been able to forge over the years, not just with, with feds, feds protection, but with all the vendors that were there to include Jean and, and her group. I know we're going to talk about and the yeah. FLIOA 111 project. And I think that's a great uh, segue to introduce our next guest that's joining us. So, Dr. Jean Kanakogi, she's a senior special agent for the U.S. government with extensive experience in conducting criminal investigations. She has a career spanning 23 years in law enforcement. She also has led investigator on several high-profile cases, including the attacks on 9-11. I think we could just do a whole show on you one day, Jean. We'll have you back, and we'll talk about some of this stuff, because... She's got a great um, resume here, guys, so just bear with me. Uh, and many that focus on protecting public health, which is what we're going to be talking about today. Jean is a fifth-degree black belt in judo and a high, highly respected sensei. She was on the U.S. national judo team and won several medals in international tournaments. Most notable, Jean was one of the original singers of the ACLU, American Civil Liberty Union, suit to fight for women's rights in the sport of judo. Very good. Uh, and 
the list goes on and on. She dedicates her time as a volunteer for the Federal Law Enforcement Officers Association, where she is the Director of Mental Health and Peer Support Services. In this monumental role, she is building a peer support program to support the mental health of the federal law enforcement community. Additionally, this role allows her to comment on bipartisan bills that directly impact the mental health and law enforcement officers, which is one of the key things that we're going to be talking about today. So, Leadheads, welcome in Dr. Jean Kanakogi. Thank you, Marty. I just have to highlight, I don't sing. I was actually one of the original scientists. Uh, to fight singing. I, I thought that didn't uh, sound right. So she's a signer, not a singer, but she does I'm, sing I'm the praises of the ACLU, right? I, I, <laughs> that, I, I, I was true. checking a fine print on that one as well. <laughs> so that's what uh, I get for not wearing my glasses. Thank you for that uh, fantastic introduction, and Tony. Thank you so much for talking about the having a badge and having all of that pressure and power, because. Part of having that badge is we have power, but we also have pressure. We live in a fishbowl. We're constantly scrutinized as federal law enforcement officers. So that pressure gets people to offer unsolicited opinions. We get judged. We also uh, endure a ton of stress, whether it be cumulative stress, vicarious stress. We are exposed to more trauma in a lifetime as law enforcement officers and first responders than anybody, anybody who's not in this profession, and, and including, of course, military uh, exposed to trauma. So one of the passions that Tony had mentioned was mental health. Of uh, Larry Cosme, the president of FLIOA, is very passionate about mental health and wellness and fitness and overall well-being. So when he took over as the president of FLIOA, part of his agenda was to get people the mental health help that they needed and also to highlight the wellness of of our members of our agents because if you think about it the people keeping you safe the listeners keeping the borders safe keeping the country safe you would want somebody who's physically fit mentally fit and know that they have the safeguards and protections so they don't have to look over their shoulder and worry about their jobs every 30 seconds because they have feds really watching their back and having their back so one of the things that i and i know i'm going to bounce around a little bit is at the most recent FLIOA convention larry cosme said we are going to highlight training first time ever in mental health and also overall well-being now, just going back uh, two presidents historically, Nate Katora found mental health to be extremely important, and he started emphasizing and started creating those relationships with Arcadia Health. And John Adler, I mean, he is a major proponent for advocating for mental health and, and wellness. So they started the ball, and Larry just picked it up and started running with it. So this convention, the first time ever, we had speak from Acadia Health, the treatment place and specialists who are, I refer to them as angels with legs. Uh, Bill Mazur and Joe Collins, both retired law uh, local law enforcement officers that have now gone to work as treatment placement specialists for Acadia Health. And what they do is they divide the country in half and take care of our members that need help by connecting them with culturally competent counselors. And when I say culturally competent counselors, imagine being a law enforcement officer and seeing just such horrific things and you need to talk about it. And the counselor gets scared and leaves the room 
I don't think that's a culturally competent counselor. So they need a counselor that can understand what's coming through the cop's eyes and coming out of the cop's mouth. They need counselors that understand the nuances of law enforcement. So that's one of the things that uh, Arcadia Health has been doing. We also brought in speakers to talk about their own experiences for suicide prevention. Mm -hmm. Uh, We had a very brave presenter, Chris Prohut, who came and talked about his own experience, a career-ending experience, but a life-saving experience, and really gave our membership the notion of knowing that it is okay to not be okay because there's help out there. And to smash that stigma and bridge that gap for getting people help is just a message that has to be consistent. It has to be consistent throughout every federal agency and every conversation. The old guard of, hey, suck it up, buttercup, that's not working any longer because you keep sucking it up and eventually you're going to explode. And when you explode, it's just not going to be pretty. And it's not just you that's affected, your coworkers, your family, your friends. So to be able to reach out for help, I tell people, you know, when your kid is asking you, hey, dad, or hey, mom, can you teach me how to throw a baseball? You're so proud because they are asking you for help. Well, what's the difference of you saying, hey, I need some help. Something's not going right in my head. We had other, other speakers at the convention which was a hard topic to discuss, but it's what to do after a suicide because everybody Mm. is sad, Yeah, but people are running around and they had no idea, you know, the cops, the concerns of police survivors, the blue suit, the the survivors of blue suicide, they are there to help prepare what to do. What does a department do? What do you do with the family where this is something that we don't train to prepare for. We train to do entry. We, tr- we train to do warrants, uh, arrests, defensive tactics, shooting. But we don't train. What do we do when there's a suicide? Yeah. There's usually a guy or a girl in a department that knows somebody to, that knows something. Yeah. And by the time you find that, you miss the ball. So, And, and that leads me into uh, what you said as far as my introduction. That being a volunteer for FLIOA as the director of mental health, gives me an opportunity to work on bills that are out that are bipartisan because having support from both sides of the house is what we need. We don't, you know, FLEOA never does, you know, we don't get involved with politics per se because we're really looking to for the betterment for our members. So recently I, I'm beyond excited on the house passage of the cops. The S-1502, it's Confidential Opportunities for Peer Support Counseling. And that's why they gave it the acronym COPS Counseling. I wonder how long Uh, it took them to come up with that. Was that your doing, uh, Tony? No, no, (laughs) not not me. I can't take credit for that. Tony? Just if I could just ask a quick question and, and, you know, you can, you know, either answer it directly or you can weave it into your remarks. But one of the things I want to, it's a statement and I'll lead to a question, you know, from somebody that's been associated with the federal law enforcement community for the better part of 25 years on both sides of the fence. This whole concept, this whole uh, realization that we need to care 
about our mental health as a law enforcement officer um, is something that's relatively new. It's a sea change because it was something that law enforcement officers were taught to ignore, to push to the side. There were, you know, there were all these questions on your national security forms, like the security clearance. We were taught, you were taught not to feel those things. Um, and if you put it out there and you quote make, you know, essentially make yourself vulnerable, you know, and then are you going to make yourself target for agency scrutiny? You know, if you say you need help or if you say you're struggling on something, I wonder if you could, you know, in your remarks, just sort of speak to kind of like where we are as a federal law enforcement community and kind of dealing with that past stigma and recognizing that that wasn't good for anybody, for people to kind of like sit there. You know, I, I worked at ATF. I worked at ATF in the wake of Wake of Waco, which was, you know, a big deal. And there were a lot of people hurting, but maybe not asking for help. Perfect. I'll, I'll pick that up right there. Uh, Tony, you know, you did talk about the the concern for the jobs because that's the biggest thing that i hear hey i need some help but i'm i'm afraid of my job giving scrutinizing me for asking for help uh, a lot of people that are having domestic issues and problems at home they don't want to reach out for help because they're afraid of the scrutiny so I had some really good conversations. Uh, first of all, what we're talking about a little bit is the old SF-86 in the EQIP form now. I believe it's question 21 that deal, and, and there's a series of questions uh, with question 21 that on a federal form that deals specifically, have you ever had counseling for mental health? Have you ever, are you taking any psychotropic medications? I, and forgive me, I'm, this is off the top of my sure. head. That's okay. So, that being concerning and having these conversations, I'm actually having a dialogue with people at OPM to see how we can better formulate these questions, but yet still have them so that, um, you know, we can, we can use this as a weed in, weed out process, but not a discriminatory process. Yeah. Uh, I know that HHS has been having these conversations as well and taking the lead and really encouraging people to seek counseling. And, and Tony mentioned earlier that we did have the mentality of telling law enforcement, oh, you're weak if you seek help, just, you know, put it somewhere, you shouldn't feel this. And we start to anesthetize our feelings. And then what happens to that community that starts to anesthetize their feelings, they're still there. Uh, there's a book called The Body Keeps the Score, and it's about trauma and where does trauma land. So then it lands somewhere in your body, you put it in a compartment, and how about this? You put that that trauma and that exposure and those negative emotions in pill form and you take that pill and you don't know where it's going to land. And that's how trauma lands in your body. It could be a shoulder pain. It could be a bad stomach. It could be an ulcer. Uh, it can manifest into, into disease. So what we want to do is have people be able to talk about those exposures, talk about their emotions and really have these conversations and not be worried. So one of the really important uh, topics that we were just talking about is the confidential opportunities for peer support counseling or the COPS Counseling Act, uh, which is near and dear to my heart. I worked with uh, people from Senator Catherine Cortez Masto's office, who she and Senator Chuck Grassley were uh, the people that introduced this bill. And I actually helped author some of the language uh, to make it very inclusive and really for the betterment 
of our special agents and mm -hmm. our, of our federal community. And what's fantastic is what now, once this gets uh, once this gets signed, then of course the states can follow suit. So it really is leading change. And uh, yesterday, huge win. Uh, first of all, we this summer we passed in the Senate unanimously. And yesterday we passed in the House, I think it was 434 to 3. Oh, uh, nice. Overwhelming passage. Uh, just all of these. So now it's up to the president Senate. to sign off on it. So that's thoughts. That's the only thing uh, it's waiting on, right? Yep. That, that Which is, is how a bill so, becomes a law. <laughs> you, you remember that Saturday morning so, cartoon? I'm just a bill. Junction. Yes, I'm What's only a bill sitting on Capitol Hill. <laughs> so, so talk about just the meat and potatoes of w how this is going to benefit our our law enforcement men and women um, with this act. Okay, so with this act, uh, peer support programs they serve a valuable role in providing mental health to law enforcement and first responders. But as we discussed, confidentiality has left them underutilized. And what is a peer support? Uh, federal. Let's break that down. Peer support pro. Okay, yeah. peer support program is uh, one person who is uh, say me. I'm a federal agent. I talk to another federal agent or another law enforcement officer. So it's somebody who's trained in supporting each other, but it's not a mental health counselor. Gotcha. So it's not a psychologist or a social worker. It's actually another peer like, you know, hey, brother, hey, sister, been there, done that. Let me help you get through this. Mm -hmm. So that's that's really just getting it down to the basic substrate. Uh, and, and the federal law is needed to improve the confidentiality because it's not mental health, it's not a doctor, it's not a social worker. So that's what where COPS comes into, into play. Uh, the uh, Fraternal Order of Police did a survey, and 73% of those surveyed said that the peer support program would be helpful and they would take part of it. And those that actually utilize peer support programs Three out of four officers found it very helpful. But again, the confidentiality concerns were there. Yeah. So help to help resolve this, uh, they discussed that legislation needs to be done to support the confidentiality. So what this bill does, just in a nutshell, it provides confidentiality to federal law enforcement officers by restricting individuals who participate in a peer counseling session from disclosing communication that arise out of that peer support discussion. It defines the clear and necessary exceptions to confidentiality in circumstances, uh, just like anybody else would include explicit threats of suicide, uh, any admission of criminal conduct, con uh, criminal conduct, uh, any explicit threat of imminent and serious physical harm or death to an individual, and uh, any information relating to the abuse or neglect of a child, elder person, or vulnerable person, and any information that is required by law to be reported. But it also encourages the implementation of peer counseling programs within the entire first responder community by requiring the Department of Justice to make the best practices publicly available on their website. And then the DOJ is also required to provide a list of training programs for public safety officers to become peer support mentors. So this is huge. They, I, I think there's a two-year window once it gets signed into law to start implementing these programs. Mm -hmm. Very nice. So that that's a 
definitely a, a, a huge win for our, our mental health community and appreciate everything that you're doing on that. Um, if, if they want to get more information about this, our listeners, because we have a lot of um, police officers, men and women that listen to the show, how can they go and get more information about this and exactly what um, it entails? Uh, the best way to follow this bill is go on congress.gov and put in S1502, Cops Counseling Act, and you can actually get text alerts and uh, information alerts as it progresses. So I'm hoping this gets signed into law sooner rather than later because our men and women in law enforcement, they're, they're hurting. Uh, like Tony had mentioned that this has been a suppressed issue over the years, but now it's coming to fruition. Now, the more discussions we have, the more we talk about it, the more we say that there's help out there and that it's okay to not be okay, even temporarily, the more people are going to reach out. This bill alone will save countless lives because they'll have the, the opportunity to reach out and talk to someone. And sometimes you don't have to talk about what's even bothering you. Sometimes, you know, like in scuba diving, you off gas at 15 feet. Well, they need to off gas. They're at 15 feet yeah. and, and those bubbles are building up. And sometimes they don't even know which end is Fellow up. Scuba but diver. reaching out and talking. Yep, yep, yep. And reaching out to someone that knows which end is up and can reach out their hand and say, hey, brother, hey, sister, I'm here. Let's talk. And just for clarity, for, for my own clarity, is would this be for an example, let's say you and I are um, in the same department. I've got an issue. We're friends. Um, and I just come to you and I vent. You know, I, Like you said, I open up and I talk. Uh, it, in the past, is there some is there some sort of a, a mandate that if if uh, or you come to me and you say something that's concerning me, do I have to report this to my superiors? Is you know, so what what's the purpose in the confidentiality? Um, do they feel obligated that they have to, or they'll get in trouble? Is that kind of what it is, or? Yeah, you know, because it, they they may feel obligated, or maybe they just don't want to hear it. You know, less it, no, uh, what is it? Um, just not knowing is better sometimes. So when you have a trained peer support counselor, and there's a lot of training to become a peer support counselor. You have to go through understanding uh, human behavior. There's yeah. a lot of research. So it's an actual designated wait. kind of position. It's like, okay, yeah. this is our department. The, not our counselor, but this is our peer person right. that you can go yes. and talk to. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. And, and not only is it a peer person, one of the things that I would love to see implemented, because there are so many, there's, I think, what is it, like 70 different federal agencies. So if you have a federal agency with federal law enforcement that has like six agents nationwide, and you pick up the phone and talk to a peer, well, you know what? It's somebody you probably know, yeah. uh, most likely. So what I would like to do is see a peer counseling program, a nationwide counseling program, where if somebody picks up the phone and you're with a smaller OIG and you end up talking to an, uh, an agent with FBI, ATF, Border Patrol, they don't know you. They don't know you from a hole in the wall. They don't know where you're from. They only know what you tell them. And that's what I would love to see. Yeah. But I just want to just, on, I mean, I, I, I just, you can't emphasize I, I mean, at first blush, it may not seem like that big of a deal or like the most, you know, you know, impactful, you know, piece of federal legislation coming down, down the pike. But, you know, it is a very important sort of step to kind of break down those barriers, 
you know, in order to let people, you know, deal with their mental health, you know, head on. Yeah. I mean, as we said, I mean, there are two, there are two really sort of barriers that I always see. There's kind of like the employment practical one. And that's the one that Gene talked about. How do I fill out this form? Do I have to disclose this on the form? And what's this really going to mean? Am I going to have to answer all these questions? It's going to be on my permanent record, and, that kind of stuff. Right, 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 right. And then, frankly, there's the more important one. There's the one, there's the barrier we create for ourselves. We're all big, bad people out here in federal law enforcement. Some of us are even black belts in judo and things Six like that. Degrees. We don't we don't ask for help. You know, we're we're you know, we're kicking butt and taking names, putting it out there in law and and having somebody else to talk to, you know, acknowledges, you know, that you don't have to be ashamed, you don't have to apologize for feeling this way. It's as important getting back from having shoulder surgery like i just had <laughs> there you go yeah and, and you know to echo what tony said we go out into the field and we do everything to protect ourselves we put on our vest we put on our, our leg holster our helmets our gloves i mean we're totally tacked out you know and whatever we could fit on our bat belt we have so we protect ourselves but now you strip away all that armor and I am a huge advocate for not only the mental health, but also the uh, the FLEOA 111 project, which is teaching martial arts to law enforcement so that you don't have to go to the bat belt right away and you can be more confident in the hands-on. And also the career health, you know, what, what FEDS offers. That I, I consider what FEDS offers, career health, knowing that your back is being watched because uh, agencies will eat their own. Great point. And I've seen it yeah. in, in the last 23, 24 years in the federal government. Um, I was an instructor down at Fletzy for a while, and I've, I've seen agencies eat their own even while they're in the academy. So having feds, career health, mental health, uh, reaching out to Arcadia, reaching out to me, and also uh, being involved with the martial arts, being a fifth degree black belt in judo, I teach part of the judo component for the FLEO 111 project. Very nice. And something, you know, something, it just dawned on me, something that, you know, I deal a lot with at, at feds, feds protections are, you know, cases involving fatalities and shootings and things like that. And, and agencies are generally very good at offering similar peer type counseling grief counseling and things like that whenever they're involved you know in a shooting and i deal a lot with these agents like immediately thereafter so their adrenaline's running you know they're feeling no pain still they're just getting me the facts i'm trying to get them a lawyer but you know in my retro what i tell them it's always the last thing i say I go, this is the last thing i'm going to say and it might be the most important thing is they're going to make all this counseling available to you. You need to take advantage of that. Okay. You know, if you listen to nothing else, I say you need to take advantage of that. This is not the time, you know, to be macho, you know, cause whatever happened, you know, in, in that event where there was a shooting, you know, you're going to be processing that. Like maybe if that didn't go down this way, it could have happened like this. And if you're, you know, and if you're not dealing with that, if you haven't processed that all the way through, that could impact and affect how you react in the next life in that situation. You know, yeah. that could affect you, you know, or others that you're with. So having more counseling available like this, or you letting them know that it's well, it's okay. Is knowing just, that there's laws now that's going to protect them from stepping up and, and talking about their issues and not having to worry about losing their jobs or not getting rehired or, you know, whatever the, the case may be, whatever their fears may be is huge. 
and you know to cut down on the suicides that we have within the community uh, you know our military uh, law enforcement men and women uh, i think it was yeah. 20, 22 a and day and that's just the military because they don't they don't factor in the law enforcement the firefighters the first responders well, on the suicide rate so it's a lot higher than that so anything that they just, can do to get people the to big, the, encourage them the big number the big number you see i mean you know all the substance abuse or other, you know, mental health issues, yeah, you know, domestic violence, you know, all themselves, that. you know, on like, yeah, but simply because they're not, you're not dealing with the core issue. Right. Exactly. So I think this is, this is definitely huge. It's, you know, it's definitely not a, a bag of potato chips. This is a great step forward for our law enforcement men and women uh, in being able to get the help that they need uh, mentally to go along with their physical and you know the other attributes that that make them the sheepdog, the protectors of our our society. We like you said, Gene. We want them healthy in all aspects. That's so true. And, yeah. and you know, Marty, I really truly commend Fleoa for being the federal leader to get this done. And you know, of course, it wasn't just me. It wasn't just Larry. It was a whole team that really worked on this. Uh, they referred to me a lot because, or deferred to me a lot because uh, as the volunteer director of mental health, uh, it, this is so near and dear to my heart. Uh, unfortunately, we've all seen, if you've been, been in law enforcement long enough, you've seen the degradation that happens on the mental psyche on so many people um, exposed to all sorts of, sorts of trauma. So the whole team at FLEOA and uh, just the backing of everybody behind this, is, I'm so grateful for. Absolutely. So, Gene, where can our listeners go and learn about you, get in touch with you? You're an author as well. You've written a book. Talk about that real quick. Sure. I wrote a book called Get Up and Fight, and my website is www.rustykanakogi.com. And uh, the first challenge is to spell Kanakogi. But I'm sure if you put it in there a few times, the internet will be kind and, and Google will lead you. Uh, so the book is The Life of the Mother of Women's Judo, an ordinary person that did extraordinary things, changed the world for women's judo, and fought to get women's judo into the Olympics. She took on and sued the International Olympic Committee and one uh, sued them for discrimination. She went to go put an injunction on the 1984 Olympics because women's judo was not included. And I was one of the original signers uh, circling back to that complaint. Uh, also, one of the people who signed the complaint was Jeremy Glick, who was the person credited for saying, let's roll on the flight that went down in Shanksville. He was a judo player. So I highlight that he always did the right thing supporting women's judo and and fought to save lives uh that way but going back to the story uh rusty born and raised in coney island was just really an ordinary person that found her purpose and would not left let women suffer inequality in sport so it wasn't just judo she teamed up with uh billy jean king and, and they fought with title for, for title nine and just really opened the doors uh the book is called get up and fight mm -hmm. And in that book, the reader will find the story so intriguing that they'll find their own get up and fight. Is there a, a documentary or something about her? Not yet. Okay. Not yet. So we're looking and considering both scripted and unscripted now. Uh, yeah, I so, think that would make yeah. a great, uh, a great documentary there. 
Um, so the website, one more time. www.rustykanakogi.com, and that's K-A-N-O-K-O-G-I. Very good. Tony Fresh, we How are, are we doing? We are going to get into our interviews now from the FLIOA conference, and we're going to kick it off with the one we did with you and Brenda. So we're going to roll that in right now, uh, and then we've got a couple of other vendor interviews that we're going to roll in here. So Leadheads, kick back, relax, and uh, we'll be right back. Law enforcement actions, even if fully justified, are going to be scrutinized with 2020 hindsight. When you, as a federal law enforcement officer, face a life-altering event, you want both the Federal Law Enforcement Officers Association and Feds Protection in your corner when it matters most. Feds Protection is in the unique position of protecting federal agents and officers from financial hardship with professional liability insurance. Regardless of how well you think you do your job every day, you are not immune to allegations of wrongdoing or lawsuits alleging a constitutional tort arising out of a job action. The cost is partially reimbursed by the Agency for Law Enforcement Officers. So for less than $1 a day, you simply can't afford not to have this protection. Enrollment takes just five minutes. Call 866-955-FEDS or visit www.fedsprotection.com. You didn't know Tony had a sense of humor, did you? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm the employee he never wanted. Did right. I ever tell you that, is, story? Is that? I swear to God. Do you want to tell it on uh, on air here? No. Do you want to tell it on air? Tell it on air. Is that something that can be shared? No, no. To the world. I was the best employee you never wanted. So leadheads, those voices that you hear uh, are the people that made it possible for us to attend the 2021 FLIOA National Conference. That's the Federal Law Enforcement Officers Association, which our leadheads are very familiar with. Uh, we've been. This is our fourth, I think, third or fourth national convention that we've been to, uh, and we look forward to it every two years. Yes, because they do it biennially. <laughs> Yeah, they do it like every 18 months, actually. There you go. They, they, they would, it would make sense if they did it every two years. Yeah. But, but they like to do it That's every year and a half. That's the way it was explained to me. Yeah. So, But it's year and a half. And there's not a word for that, I would think, every year and a half. Every year and a half. 18 months, right? <laughs> right. It's called 18 months. Every, yeah, 18 months. Every 18 months. Uh, so we've got Tony Vernette. That is correct. Tony Fresh. Teddy Fresh. No, you're, you're Tony Fresh. Tony Fresh. Tony Fresh. And we got Brenda Fresh. Brenda, Brenda Wilson. Fresh joining us and they are with feds protection and we're going to get into what they do and uh, how they protect our sheepdog the men and women that protect us uh, but first off tell our listeners a little bit about each of you so sure start with tony sure um i am you know tony Bernetti, the president and founder of, of feds or feds protection um and we provide professional liability insurance to to federal employees, I'm um, also an attorney, but the leadhead should not hold that against yeah, me. Don't they like, won't? You know, I like to say I'm a recovering litigator. <laughs> um, you know, started this program 14 years ago. Um, I like to say on the second floor of my home in my underwear on an old kitchen desk. Not um, in your garage? <laughs> no, no, it was on the second floor. And you know, we started from policy number one. You know, nobody didn't hand me you know a book of business. Yeah. And um, one of the first um, organizations to support and endorse us was FLEO, the Federal Law Enforcement Officers Association. So, so naturally, they're a, a group that's near and dear to me. You know, I appreciate their support over the years. I've known them, you know, even in my previous days when I, 
I myself used to be a federal employee. I used to mm-hmm. be an attorney for the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms. Uh-oh. The um, big <laughs> ATF. ATF. So, Uh-oh. yeah. So, you know, obviously knew Fleo then. And then at my, my old law firm, uh, where I was a partner at Shaw Bransford and Roth, where I, you know, defended uh, federal law enforcement officers when, you know, they either get sued or under um, investigation. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this opportunity to, to start this company back 14 years ago just presented itself to me. And I, you know, really took a risk and jumped and, and just really thought I could run a program that, that does right by federal employees. And I think that's what, you know, with, with good people like, like Brenda on my side here, my staff, and I really think that's what we're doing. I'm, I'm famous for saying I didn't, I didn't leave a very successful law practice, you know, to be an insurance agent. Yeah. You know, that's not what we're doing. We're, sure. we're really trying to run a program that does right by, by federal employees. And I think the groups that we work with, like Flioa, um, they really, they really see that and they, and yeah. they sense that they're, you know, the, there's definitely a need for this type of protection, yeah. you know, for our law enforcement men and women. And I mean, how did you go about seeing, you know, that, that niche, that gap yeah, so I did all the legal work off of a competitive program, you know, and just really saw some some changes that were being made by that that other company, and really thought that that we can do it better. Yeah, you they're know, missing the target somewhere. Well, yeah, yeah and, and just you know, do it in a way you know that sort of really respected the govern the governmental the governmental interest. Mm-hmm. The federal government encourages law enforcement officers and and managers and supervisors intelligence folks to get this insurance mm-hmm. with their pocketbook because they pay for half of it so it's essentially how we say it's an employee benefit and you ought sure. to be taken advantage of it you wouldn't leave the the 401k the tsp match on the table that the government gives you um they shouldn't you know do that do that with with this as well so just to to paint a i guess a more clear picture exactly what it is that you guys cover give an example of a law enforcement man or woman that needed to use it. What? Why would they use this? Under what circumstances? Yeah, let me just give like a like a, a bigger one. It's not necessarily law enforcement specific, but it's sure. certainly one that everyone um, can appreciate. And then I'll give a, a law enforcement one. I'll do the I'll do the ATF gun runner um, fast and furious um, example. Oh, okay. You know, so th- there's three basic coverages. There are your typical insurance coverage, which are civil lawsuits, like when you get su- like they sue you personally, right? Yeah. You know, and then is DOJ defending me or not? Can I be liable? And I, we can get into that in a little bit. And then the second kind of coverage is um, criminal investigations. You know, any act or mission that results in a criminal investigation. People think my, my law enforcement guys here would say like, look, I put bad people away. I'm not the one being investigated. Sure. But like I tell them all the time, there's very little you can do wrong in the federal government and not also have it be a violation of Title 18, which is a criminal code. And then there's but the, a lot big bang for their buck is administrative and disciplinary stuff. Um, and so that's where they're under investigation. They can be disciplined, you know, any of these different kinds of investigations. So one yeah. big one I'll give an example of was the impeachment proceedings. The first impeachment proceeding, you know, you know, involving everything that was going on in the Ukraine, you know, all those foreign service officers had to testify, mm-hmm. you know, on Capitol Hill. And if they didn't have a professional liability insurance policy, you know, the, the Department of State was not sending lawyers to go up there with them. They had to go out there and hire their own lawyers. So yeah. we represented um, Ambassador Bill Taylor, um, was it was a feds member and, and some others, you know, they got a lawyer to go up there and, and represent them for that impeachment proceedings. I mean, that is just not something, 
you know, those foreign service officers didn't want nor need that 10 minutes of fame that they were getting. Sure. So having their own counsel up there was, was, was really, really important. Uh, a good law enforcement example is the, the, the famous, you know, ATF, you know, whether it's the, the case Gunrunner or Fast and Furious. Mm-hmm. Um, this is where, a, you know, where folks were very critical of ATF for allowing the guns to walk to Mexico. Yeah. And essentially, you know, like, right, guns aren't like drugs. Guns aren't contraband. You can legally purchase a gun, right? But what they were doing is people were doing what's called a straw purchase, yep. right? So I'm, you know, I'm not a felon, right. unlike Brenda over here. <laughs> so if Brenda needed a gun, I would, you know, I would, if I... For this example. If, for this example only. <laughs> and if I bought a gun and then I, you know, Brenda gave me a $100 bill. I went and bought a gun. And I gave it to her. You know, I kept my $100 bill. That's what they call a straw purchase, yeah. right? So they would bust us, but they're just getting us. So what they were really worried, ATF was really trying to do is the drug cartel was buying these guns. That's why when these straw purchases, and they weren't making any headway. You're just hitting, you're just getting the one, the one, the two, mm-hmm. the three, you know, how it's happening. So they had this mindset. They wanted to let and see where these guns were going. Put trackers in. Yeah, but, you know, and see where they're all going to kind of like do the big takedown, you know, know, rather than, you know, they wanted to go elephant hunting rather than deer. I've got a good friend that wrote a book about this. Okay. Um, Mike Deddy. I don't know Uh if you're familiar with with Sounds familiar. Mike Deddy or not, Uh but he was involved with that. He was the the actual gun dealer, broker. Yeah, so we, we represented... You know, several of the case, three of the case agents that were involved, yeah, all yeah. that. I don't, I don't think they care that I'm saying that because I think we did a good job for them. But what happened was, is one of the guns, the Border Patrol agent Brian right. Terry was killed um, in Texas. And when they came in, you know, to do sweep and all that stuff, some of these guns that were allowed to walk to Mexico were there. Uh, it wasn't the gun that killed um, Agent Terry, but it was misreported that it was. And you're never going to unring that bell to the mother right. of Brian Terry, right? So. So it started a lot of investigations and backlash and, and things like that. So that's a good example of it really started with, with administrative investigation. So the, the Department of Justice Inspector General um, investigated the heck out of all the agents who did that. And, what you know, were they unnoticed to not do that, yeah. you know, without getting too much into the facts. Um, you know, and then the agency's internal affairs, Office of Professional Responsibility investigated it. You know, and then Congress wanted to get involved and sure. they wanted to investigate because, you know, they do, you know, what they do. Um, DOJ, the IG, obviously are criminal investigators, so they looked at it from a criminal perspective. Um, the FBI, interesting enough, got early on in those cases, just cleared everybody because this is what they do in those shooting cases. It ultimately, you know, hit those two parts of the, of the coverage area and then later came to civil lawsuits. Yeah. Um, you know, there was a, there was a, you know, another related family member suing yeah family suing is whether you know anybody it's what you know the kind of lawsuits here federal agents do not have absolute immunity for what's called these personal capacity lawsuits like for lawsuits they have Mm -hmm. under under the federal tort claim act they're mostly vulnerable the agents for lawsuits for what we call bivens actions constitutional torts so these are fourth amendment unreasonable search and seizure kind of kind of cases that the signature case the bivens case um, I always like to tell the story was the precursor to the DEA, you know, they called it the six unknown narcotics officers. They went in classic row house in Brooklyn, went into the wrong house, dragged out the wrong guy, yeah. <laughs> paraded him up and down the street in front of his neighbors, right? Made a big he, while he was eating it. his pizza pie and, 
and made a big issue of it. And so it was an activist Supreme Court, and that's when they said, look, hey, federal employees can actually be sued for, you know, they should wrongful bear the burden acts. for wrongful, you know, yeah. constitutional acts like this. You know, and that's what created, it's what's called a judicially derived tort. And then in response to that, Congress said, hey, all right, these guys can be liable for just doing their job. We think they should go get this insurance and we're able to, we want to pay for some of it. And yeah. that's kind of like, like, like the history. Do you, so Brenda, let me, let me introduce Brenda. <laughs> Brenda Wilson. Brenda Wilson. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. Um, because she's, you know, uh, you know, look, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm the lawyer. I'm the boring guy. But those, she, those stories are great. And yeah. I, I would probably love to hear more. Yeah, of yeah the, we'll, we'll get back to the it, gun but, running. But, but she's, stuff. but she's, she's really got like boots on the ground. Yeah. In the federal community. She's the one head of my, you know, business and marketing strategic operations that she's out and about a lot. And, you know, she's talking to people about what's going on, what their concerns are, you know, what, what their, what their worries are. So I want to introduce you, Brenda, and let you talk a little say bit hi about. To the let, yeah, say hi and let them know what you're hearing, what federal employees and particularly the law enforcement community is concerned about. Well, thank you, thank you for having me on the show, Marty. Hello, you're very welcome. Leadheads, get get closer <laughs> to the mic. All right, all right, I'm close. There you go. <laughs> um, I'm going to turn you up. Yeah, I think. Um, you're a quiet mouse. I am. There you go. I got you up now. You're yeah. good. All right, thank you. Um, I'm quiet on here. Yeah, you're like you're not shy. <laughs> Brenda's not a shy person. Trust me. So, um, I think the most interesting thing about working with FLIOA is the changes I've seen in the last ten years. Changes, you know, just within the last five years, mm-hmm. um, so much has changed. The the environment that they're facing, yes, uh, both yes. internally and externally. Yes, uh, you know all the negativity that they're getting hit with. Really and truly, when Tony started Feds, we didn't have the social media mm-hmm. um, that that wasn't as big as it was fourteen years it, ago. It, yeah. it absolutely wasn't. Um, the twenty four hour news cycles, the you know these opinionated, um, you know, <laughs> yeah. I, the the problem with all it's not news that, anymore. It's opinion. It is. <laughs> it really is. And you know what happens with that is someone makes an allegation or a comment, and it's circumstance. Mm-hmm. What people don't realize. So, you know, when, when I was trying to sell the policy, you know, 12 years ago to agents, they would say, well, I'll, you know, I'll never do anything wrong. I, I, mm-hmm. and, and if I did, the agency would defend me. What people don't realize is once an allegation is made and it's out there with all of the platforms that people are, are watching and mm-hmm. listening to right now, it makes it difficult, very, very difficult for these people to crawl back up out of that. Yeah. Um, well, especially when their own department or agency is after them also and trying to save face. And Well, yeah. It, I, so know, they need they're protection. They're responding to the to So the it makes public. sense that they would pay for their own instead of the agency paying for it as well. Well, and that's the thing, I think, that, that, that takes them by surprise. You know, you have these are dedicated civil servants mm-hmm. you know law enforcement officers that they, they get up every day there's a right and there's they're very much right and wrong mm-hmm. right there's no middle ground and they just never i mean that's the biggest barrier people want to buy this insurance they can never envision themselves doing anything wrong and the agency's not gonna have my back and when they don't yeah you know they're shocked and concerned and, and what i tell them is look 
I mean, you have, you know, like I always say, the federal law enforcement officers are, are more vulnerable to these complaints and lawsuits and things like that because they got the three toys. They got the gun, they got the badge, and they got the car. And yeah. those are the three things that, that, that get them in trouble the most. But kind of what, what Brenda is talking about is more the badge. And what I mean about that is the power. So you got a tremendous amount of power, right? right? You, can, you can deprive liberty. You can put somebody away. Right, you can put bad people away, and with that comes checks and accountability. And Absolutely. so, when complaints are made, they need to, you know, they need to investigate you. Like Brenda talks about the, you know, just the way all the news cycles have changed everything. I mean, just go back last year, for example, how quickly things can happen yeah. before the George Floyd incident. Um, in, in, in men of tragedy in Minnesota, they were you know, federal law enforcement, all law enforcement, all first responders were being lauded and congratulated. They're on the, the front lines of the pandemic. They're out mm-hmm. there. They're doing great. They're doing this. They're doing that. And boy, didn't that change overnight? Uh, overnight. Right? Overnight. And then they yeah. were so like, then you McCoy. add on to that the exhaustion. Yeah. Um, Fatigue. Yeah. yeah. And that's when errors, you know, yeah. that's, or, or that's and when it, complaints. And especially now where, you know, they're shorthanded, mm-hmm. where a lot of them were just like, I don't want to deal with this anymore. And they, and the general they retire, public they quit. has absolutely no idea. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, people just don't know what these are, these guys are going through. I just talked to someone that I've known for, you know, 12 years now, and uh, he's got about a year and a half left and he looks tired. And I said that to him and he's, he's tired. Yeah, And it breaks your heart because people, we know what they're doing. We respect it. We applaud it. We appreciate it. But when you're dealing with fatigue and you're dealing with all the, the negativity, morale, yeah. yes, it's, it's devastating. It is very wears on you well, really without does. a doubt. And it then really like does. you said, the, you know, then that leads to more mistakes you and know, errors. It does. And, it absolutely does. And let me tell you something. Um, Tony always says, so what happens a lot is... What does Tony always say? Well, I'll let him, I'll let him say it in a minute. He says it better. Tony Frisch. What am I so Tony Frisch. When an allegation is made, they come in and they investigate that allegation or they look into that allegation. What people don't realize is that when someone is being investigated, it's not limited to just that allegation that was made. Can you can you explain that a little bit better? Well, I mean, look, they're, yeah. they're, so... It, I know where you're It's going a with big it, yeah. deal. Well, they, they so, come in... Look, it, it, I used to say, particularly on my IG, friends in the IG are not going to like that I'm going to say this, but I'm going to pick on them a little bit. I mean, it used to be that, you know, IGs saw it as part of their job, just as much as part of their job, to clear federal officials as it is to make cases. Mm-hmm. But it's just human nature. They spend time, they're investigating you for six months to a year or whatever, and they'll look at the underlying thing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, was the law violated when those guns walked to Mexico? Mm-hmm. But then they just, you know, they're looking, you know, they spread their... As their, they're their digging, work. they dig up other things. So I think what she wanted me to say is like, look, any if they put a magnifying glass over any one of us, none of us are perfect, yeah. right? The microscope, it, it's like the old law enforcement trick. If you want to you look inside somebody's car, you don't need a warrant or anything like that just follow them for a mile they'll come in a traffic violation you know and then you can pull them over so the same thing here i mean none of us are perfect and that's sometimes the concern i mean they get in they'll look at false statements and and, you know different things and see what sticks but you know we have a lot of ig agents that um, they're really getting their asses handed to them by the leadership in their agencies and it's really tough on them they have a tough job they're the guys that are investigating where your organization comes in yeah. To help provide them legal, the, legal, yeah. the, the, the legal advice, the protection yeah. mm-hmm. the, that they need. And Tony, 
you know, we get mad at him for this, but we do appreciate you for this. We all do. Um, everybody out there. He, we provide legal consultations with, with our coverage. Mm-hmm. He goes above and beyond all the time. He never leaves anybody out there hanging. He cares. And I, and these guys know it. Um, especially here, the guys here, the guys and girls here at Flioa. Yeah. They get it. And that's just, it. you know, and that's just not me. That's my whole team. And it's, uh, you know, and they know that that's important to me that, that they, treat each and one of these as, as individuals you're talking about the the legal mm-hmm. uh, services do you guys provide that or do you outsource that so to- so if it's a cover so what brendan was talking about is there are in-house sort of free legal consultations that they get for things that aren't squarely covered by the insurance there or what go. we call a pre-complaint thing kind of like a hotline you know we do yeah. those i'll do those in-house you know there's, there's another attorney that works with me as well but the core legal work, you know, if it's a covered claim, the gun runner cases that I talked about, the, you know, Ambassador Bill Taylor that I talked about, you know, all those goes out to one of my, um, one of my panel law firms to be represented. You know, our, our primary, um. So you've got like a partnerships yeah. with different yeah, firms yeah, around partnerships the country. Yeah, that we work with. The, the primary one for these administrative ones is, is Shaw Bransford and Roth. Um, which, you know, for over 30 years have been the, you know, the absolute leader in representing federal employees and particularly, um, law enforcement officers. You know, but we have, you know, several others that, that we go to depending upon kind of case that it is. And, and they, you know, and they're all hand selected by, by my step, by me and my claims office. We run, we run our, are sort of our, our own claims and you know they need to you know, be drinking the Kool-Aid with us. I mean they need to right. understand, you know, what it is we're trying to do, you what know, in representing you, federal officials. Yeah. What would you say because this is a a voluntary type coverage, you know, they don't have to, to right. get this coverage. And they'd be silly not to since their agencies or most of their agencies cover a mm-hmm. portion of it. Yeah. What's the biggest excuse that you hear why they well, don't it's, it's, they don't get it? It's just complacency, and it's like we said, it'll never happen to me, or you know, or laziness, never getting around to it. I just don't think they need it. Our agency lawyers are wrongfully telling them they didn't need it. That's the biggest. You know, I didn't know about it when when I was an agency lawyer, but but you know, here's what I look. Here's what I say to that because I used to really struggle, you know, over the years. Because one of the things that when I started Feds was really on a passion of education. Mm-hmm. Because I found that there were so many people that didn't know about the insurance, didn't get it. And that's the part of, you know, I love my practice of law because I love helping people. What I hated about the practice of law was the business of law. Yeah. Because if you got to pay me $50,000, $100,000, $200,000 of your own money, I used to always say I couldn't afford me. I would just go right. get, I would just go get another job that if you just would have spent $150, which is all it costs annually after you get reimbursed, you would have, you know, up to a million, two hundred thousand, you know, all you know, legal services covered. So, ten thousand so, dollars is a lot of money. So, 50, I mean, it's know. it's you know, I mean, they'd have to get they get second and third mortgages out in their homes. Yeah. They get you know things against their four hundred one k. It's financially ruined. These are civil servants. So I used to struggle with all these examples. I would you ask me, everybody wants to know these examples. And I used to run this mm-hmm. this I used to run this segment on our website called Yesterday's Headlines, Today's Coverage, and I would just open the newspaper back when you had newspapers, right? Yeah, yeah. What's and that? I would read a headline right and then we would write if this was your this was you this federal employee whether it's a gsa scandal mm-hmm. whether you know it's it's 9 11 you know the, you know waco ruby ridge you know good the, examples the torture there. investigations the wildland fires you know you know all those things you know, all those different scandals the gsa scandal in vegas 
you know, you would have just, you would have just been fully covered. So I used to try to give all these examples and it was exhausting because again, the police would say, well, that would never be me. That would never be me. That would never be me. And I finally came to this conclusion and, and it was a financial, um, advisor that used to write for the Federal Times that, that said this to me that really resonated. He says, listen, if you have any exposure, right, any financial professional exposure that you can insure away at a very low cost, you should always do that, even if the probability of you needing it is very is very low. Sure. And so that's why I say, like, you can buy the insurance your whole career, 20, 30 years. It's costing you six, seven thousand dollars. It's not even. But, it's you know, costing less than four. Well, what, you know, whatever it's costing, let's just use six thousand as sure. an example, right? And only have peace of mind, right, that it was there in case you need it, and never have used it. When you retire. Right, there's a lot of guys walking around here getting ready to retire. Yeah, it's not changing your standard of living. It's not going to dictate what kind of car you're driving. It's not going to dictate you know what house you're buying in Florida. Right. But if you got to pay me fifty, a hundred, two hundred thousand dollars of your hard-earned money, you might be driving a Yugo with a factory hour, sealed hood. Fifty thousand, you know, hour? <laughs> depending on what your yeah. I mean, your it's, case is. it's it's, it's just the philosophy of retirement. It's the philosophy of of most insurance. It's like life insurance. You know, if you're healthy and great shape and, you know, you're like, I'm great. Nothing's going to happen to me. I mean, but there's still a chance that you're going to die for some some reason. Uh, car insurance, getting in a wreck, you know. Well, excuse me. And those probabilities are a lot higher. Well, car, you know? car is compulsory, but I think it's more like, like an umbrella. People don't really consider umbrellas sometimes. Yeah. You know, for the... For 150 bucks for peace of mind, is that a, a year, a month? It's How a much? year. It's one year. So 150 that's yeah, it yeah. why guys. would they not do that i mean that's it's only i mean that doesn't even pay for both of brenda's shoes it's just one of her <laughs> shoes here. <laughs> so uh, so how are you able to provide that type coverage for only 150 dollars a year well because I mean, it's because it's, it's like it's you know in insurance you're pulling the risk yeah. you know so we're, we're pulling can i get this even though i'm not a federal in, employee no no, <laughs> no. no. We can uh, make you I'm going to give you $150 right now. Yeah. <laughs> you can always have access to me, Marty. Oh, <laughs> great. Thank you. Tony Fresh, ladies and gentlemen. Tony Fresh. Uh, you know, what's really great about it is, um, you know, when we work with the FLIOA board, mm-hmm. um, the national leadership, the local leadership, they really support what we do. We're appreciative of that because a lot of the agents that are in the field the only place they're hearing it from is through FLIOA or their professional association. You yeah. know, so they're, I still run into guys, uh, guys and girls that, you know, they never heard of it. How could you, how could you be on the force for 10 years? How could and you not be, know that you need this type of coverage? It's, it's yeah. mind blowing. It's yeah. so Especially upsetting. in today's it's environment. It, well, the real part, the real problem is, is, is then we get calls, you know, all the time after, after right? the fact. Yeah. Like I always say, look, you can't get in a car accident on Monday, buy your insurance on Wednesday, or the time to get your insurance is not after the National Weather Service names the hurricane. Mm-hmm. John Adler, former uh, national president to FLIOA, you know, gave us a famous quote that says, you know, buying buying your liability insurance after the claim has happened is like putting body armor on a corpse. <laughs> <laughs> he so, nailed it. Yeah. He nailed it. You know, and and. Larry Cosme, he's yeah. so supportive now. Nate, yeah, huge, huge proponent. No, the whole, the, you know, the whole board, Matt, yeah. ain't it? Everybody, All, everybody, everybody. Is, Nate Tour been on the the show a couple yeah. times. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Nate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and our local guys, you know, um, 
they get it. They get it. And like I said, it's heartbreaking when someone calls you after the fact and they yeah. don't understand what it's all about or they, they know what feds protection. Oh, I know what feds protection is. Oh, I need that if I get in trouble. It's, mm-hmm. But it's no, you need big. it before you get in trouble. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, you're, you're just not, you know, you're just what I like to tell them is you're just not going to get through a career in federal anymore. law enforcement and be doing your job. Right. Yeah, if you're parking somewhere and going to sleep every night, fine. Yeah. But and be doing your job and not have a complaint filed against you. And when that happens, you know, yeah, hopefully the agency defends and does all this stuff. But their duty of loyalty is to the agency, not right. you personally. They're only going to defend you to a certain extent. Yeah. So that. so you definitely would, you know, should always want somebody, you know, you know, on your side that's looking out for your particular interest. Yeah. That's not to say yours and the agencies aren't aligned. But especially for how affordable it is. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we need, I didn't but, know how much that no, was, that was going to be one of my questions. Like, so how much would this cost? So it's 150 fun. bucks a year. So it's 290 and, and the agency pays for half of it. It's down to, you know, and then flow, they, we give them another $10 discount. Yeah. When, when, it's funny when we explain this to people outside the federal, federal workforce, such like, as it's yourself, a no brainer. It's yeah. a no brainer. Yeah. yeah. Like I always say, it's like with my brother. I thought I'd have a my, job for three years. My, I swear my, to God. I was saying about, <laughs> about my brother. Hope he's not listening. But it's like, who knows? Who knows nothing about nothing? <laughs> and I was explaining it to him. He's like, "It's a no-brainer." Yeah. yeah. But they just—I mean, I'm going to send him the link. By the way. <laughs> he's he's going to hear this. Well, it's tough. I mean, I've got I've got guys that I have known for ten years. They're in their late twenties. They're sitting in these rooms that surround us here this week, and um, they think nothing's bad. They think they're invincible. They yeah. think they're invincible at 28, 29 years old, and. They look away from me. They walk by me and they look away from me like, you know, I'm not going to talk to you yeah. because I don't need that. It's like that's for crooked cops. Yeah. I don't need that. Yeah. Right. It's so well, and the no, agency, and the, not, and the agency, the agency lawyers are, are giving them misinformation. So they keep yeah. saying, look, as long as you're in your scope of your employment, we're going to protect you. We're going to cover you. You know, why wouldn't they even, why wouldn't they? Uh, Internal at- attorneys advise them. Why wouldn't they want them to get it? Because they don't. They don't, they don't fully understand it. Number one, they're only thinking about it from a from a civil perspective. Mm-hmm. You know that that we would cover them. DOJ would rep. It's an institutional interest. It'd only be the rare case where we're not repping. They're not thinking of the other policy provisions. Nor do they want them to have lawyers if if they're coming after them. Mm-hmm. If they're and the if ones that are coming after them. You know, do you really want them to have a fully funded, insured legal defense? And if you don't yeah. think that the interest of the United States changes, oh yeah, because that's the that's the test of whether they're going to wrap is you know We're is, living it, it. is it scope <laughs> of employment and the interest of the United States? And people always say, well, what does what does that mean? Interest of the United States? It means whatever the hell the Department of Justice yeah. wants it to mean. Yeah. That's so if, if you're being investigated for wrongdoing for the very same reason you're being sued, they're not going to be on both sides of that. You know, I've got we've got several cases right now. Conflict of interest, yeah. At law, that point, yeah. Lawsuits right now where we're defending because DOJ has declined rep. So it's a tough thing. And when we go out there, we tell them we talk about feds uh, and FLEOA as a package yeah. deal. We don't recommend feds without FLEOA. We don't recommend FLEOA without feds. Right. Um, you know, combined, they're paying three hundred bucks a year right. for everything and that feds protection and FLEOA has to offer. Right. Complete coverage. I mean, I mean, that was Marty's bar bill last night. Right, yeah, you know that was just that was just my barbell alone. <laughs> but I, I do want to mention because we're talking a lot about law enforcement, but it's all federal employees are eligible um, for the insurance, and mm-hmm. it's and it's um, you know the the groups that we say are, are most vulnerable are, are law enforcement, uh, national security folks, um, managers, supervisors, executives, 
wildland fire fighting, if you can believe it, if a fire goes bad and somebody gets injured or hurt, they come in and run a manslaughter investigation against the incident commander to see if they were negligent. Oh, wow. And then there's, you know, all kinds of investigations that happen. Yeah. Like like OSHA comes in and you want to keep, and they want to tell you how to keep a burning forest a safe work environment. Um, you know, so there's, so there's that. Do you get PETA come in too for yeah. the animals? And so I'll tell you, I'll tell you a good, I'll give you a good example. Okay. Like the PETA case. So we had, I had a national superintendent for a national park under investigation because she, in New Mexico, because she granted a waiver to a organization, a group, so that they can run a marathon through the national park. Okay. All right? It's in bear country. All right? Oh, so I already the, see this. <laughs> so this, this, this runner, this female runner, got um, attacked by a black bear. And she played dead. So I guess it's it's the opposite thing happened. I guess you're supposed to do that for a grizzly, not a black bear. You're supposed to, you know. Be, anyway, she played. And, and she did the wrong thing. Well, the problem was is the bear was guarding its cubs. It had some cubs there. So this this yeah. this little because no matter she, what you do, mama bear, mama bear, mama bear was having some. So yeah. mama bear attacked her. She played dead and lived. Okay, but there's a law in New Mexico that says if a wild animal attacks a human, the animal's got to be put down. They put the bear down. Oh. What happens to the baby bears? They die because no mama no bear. No mama bear. PETA gets involved. Why are you running why are you running marathons through bear country? Yeah. And it became a whole thing. So they were they were investigating. So that's a good wow. example how somebody is doing their job, right? And something happens that's completely out of their control. Right. And they got under investigation because of it. So yeah, so you, you have you have you have those people. You have reg, all the regulatory people. You know anybody dealing with the public? Any well, you, anybody dealing financial stuff? And that's a great stuff. story that you bring up there too, because you know we were talking, you know, we're talking about law enforcement, but this is any federal employee, any federal you, employee that you guys cover, any yeah. federal. Employee. Yeah, whether whether you're a doctor, medical professionals, doctors at the VA are having a oh. tough time in wake of the the Phoenix scandal. Yeah, you know, with the wait times and, and things like that. You know, federal veterinarians, air traffic controllers yeah. um you know so there you go be surprised some of the stuff that we see that 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 so this you know. opens up to a lot more of our listeners oh, yeah. now that you know it's, maybe they were just yeah. folks no yeah it's this not is just every federal, yeah. you know, federal makes, employee everybody jokes it's not about, just law you know, enforcement federal, contract you know, federal employees but you know it's 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 these people are really overworked right now they're spread really thin um they're spread yeah. really thin <laughs> Yeah. You got to get closer yeah. to that microphone. I'm s- <laughs> get closer to that microphone. It's the only time ever that anyone's ever said I'm not loud enough. So yeah. sorry. So how do they get in touch with you guys if they want to get more information, find out about it, and then sure. ultimately they're going to just yeah, the, sign up? The easiest thing to do is just get on our website, fedsprotection.com. Um, you know, it's pretty user friendly. Tons of information on there. They can call us at 866-955-FEDS. It's 955-3337. Anybody who answers the phone can answer a question. You know, you don't go into some call bank and got to get a call back. You yeah, know, and we, from India? Or no, no, we're on that. Bangladesh. You know, and, and we'll answer it. And that's something, you know, that I really... Yeah, we really, really pride ourselves we're, on. We're proud of that. And yeah. look, they they also can have direct access to me, to Brenda. Mm-hmm. You know, my email is Tony at FedsProtection.com. Brenda at FedsProtection.com. Not fancy. I get calls twenty four seven. He gets yeah, calls twenty four seven. You know, it's you know, so it's the job. Can you guys take us. over the customer support for Verizon? Absolutely. That's ah! <laughs> 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 prob- the problem with monopolies. They don't care. I'm telling you. <laughs> Tell me that's not a monopoly, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
So a very valuable service that you guys are, are providing to uh, federal employees. I was going to say our law enforcement men and women, but it's it's all federal employees. Yep. Yes. So mm-hmm. if you listeners, if you fall under that category, you're a federal employee and you've never heard of this, get in touch with Tony, get in touch with Brenda. Uh, they can go into more details about this for you. Shoot me an email and I can get you in touch with them. Very accessible, like Tony said. And uh, I think it's a no-brainer. So if I've got listeners out there, and I've got the smartest listeners of any podcast, bar none, even Joe Rogan. i got smarter listeners than Joe Rogan. Then I you guys it. need to get on board with this. So, Tony, Brenda, thank you guys so much. Thank you. For allowing us to uh, come to the FLIOA National Convention, the 2021, we're going to call it. Yeah. I don't think they have numbers on theirs. Yeah. I thought they did, but maybe not. Look. I don't know, like the 20th anniversary. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, the main reason we did it is I needed a drinking buddy. <laughs> hey, <laughs> you, know, you, you could have just said, hey, Marty, we're going to drink. We're so come on out. Bourbon. Ha- hang on out. <laughs> Thank you so come much. Come to Tennessee um, anytime. No, we appreciate yeah. this opportunity. And the Fleola Foundation. And yeah. Fleola. It was, it was, we're going to get them on. We're going to get an yeah. update on the latest and greatest with what it Fleola is. It was important that we have you here. For all of us. Well, we appreciate it. And I know our lead heads do too. And the opportunity to interview uh, some of the other vendors that are here, like Daniel Defense and Tour Knives and Geisley and this other gentleman that you just introduced me to. Uh, yeah. Listen, I've introduced your look to a lot of people, people out to there. To a lot of people. So, so we're going you know. <laughs> to have a lot of new personalities uh, uh, for this segment of the Talking Lead podcast. So stay tuned. We've got more coming. And Maybe we can get Tony to loosen up and tell us some more, some, some gun running uh, sure. stories. I'm always happy. Days with the ATF. You need to tell him the sure. Will Clark story. The Will Clark. I'll give you, look, I'll give you, um, give well, I'll, I'll, okay, so I'll do the Will Clark and I have like a funny kind of like Waco okay. litigation story. I'll do the Waco. Will Clark is not so funny. So I'll, I'll do the Waco one first. <laughs> so I'm doing the Waco litigation and we're through all the investigations. We're doing litigation and Senator Danforth comes in and he's, Congress wants to run its one last like investigation, so we got to turn over every every piece of evidence associated with the Branch Davidian and the Waco, right. you know, tragedy and events. I mean, I horror stuff we had to do. Like I had to listen to you know the tapes of the the agents that were on the roof that got killed and things like that. But they wanted every single piece of evidence, anything that was associated with Waco. So this agent calls me up. She says, hey, you know, after the, the, the branch of it burned to the ground, there were a bunch of um, dogs that were there, you know, that were just running around. So I adopted one of the dogs. Do I have to turn the dog over? <laughs> I mean, I he, says, he may have eaten a piece I of evidence. I says, no, you can keep Willie. <laughs> Willie. <laughs> so so the, the Will, Will Clark and Will Clark... Um, he just retired. He was he was actually honored. Um, I don't know what year it was, but it was the Flioa conference meeting that we had down in South Beach, Miami. I'm sorry you missed I that. Missed Marty. that I'm one. sorry you missed that. Jeez. But um, he was honored for for that one. Um, and Will's an ATF agent, and you know, I know him personally. And you know, when he actually just retired, he reached out to me and just said, "Hey, I'm retiring. I just want to again thank you for everything you did for what happened to me." So what happened to him? is he woke up on Sunday morning and he was going to the gym mm-hmm. and he's getting in his car and his neighbor, his female, starts running towards him and says, you know, Will, help, 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 help. My boyfriend's trying to kill me. So out comes boyfriend, 
naked. So that's just a little color to the story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, with, with a, you know, a, a little twist. A, a huge mm-hmm. flashlight of it, you know, and, and a huge and what? Flashlight or something. One of those big He's neck. naked and he's got a huge what? Flashlight. <laughs> right, right, right. right. <laughs> okay. Certainly, you'll edit that out. Those ah! lights. <laughs> so, but he starts attacking him. Yeah. And Will has to, you know, he gets his weapon out and he, and he, you know, he does lethal force, shoots, shoots, shoots and kills him. Mm-hmm. And yeah. he's in, they're in the Virgin Islands. Okay. Oh, okay. So, territory, right? Not state. Yeah. And it's very political there versus the feds and the locals and things like that. So, they started, pros- they prosecuted him for murder, murder too. Oh, wow. Um, and, you know, it was really touch and go whether DOJ was going to rep him or not. Um, you know, they ultimately did pay for it, um, but it was a it was a tough case because they were trying to get it removed to federal court, and it was denied. And there was all kinds of crazy ca- case law that said, "Look, the Constitution doesn't follow the flag," and different things like that. And I mean, ultimately, the the case got got dismissed on a bizarre sort of law school like evidentiary term but that's a good example of how like off-duty things could happen mm-hmm. so know, does this cover well, off-duty things so i'm well? glad i'm glad i'm glad i told the story yeah, yeah. Before, we go. before you go there though i think it's important that people know that as a fleoa member you know fleoa really stood behind him yeah no no yeah that's the why he got an award I mean, fleoa stood behind John him Adler, yeah. and fleoa stood behind mm-hmm. you know diplomatic security agent um chris Didi. Chris Didi was involved in an off-duty shooting in a McDonald's, and the government denied his, you know, denied him representation. Oh wow! He was actually with a different insurance provider that also denied him representation. Oh. I had to sue them actually to get some representation. So he's now a Feds member. And there you go. Happy to tell tell his story <laughs> with us. And, and again, Flair was very, very, very supportive. Yep. Um, of him, but we do have an off-duty. Um, so the issue is whether your scope of employment, mm-hmm. for my money, right, you're a federal agent, you flash your badge, federal agent, you've stepped in the scope. I don't care what the hell's going on, sure. right? Um, that we want you to be armed 24-7 in certain agencies, and we want you to act in, in emergency situations, you know, like that to protect, you know, yourself, your family, and, and the mm-hmm. lives of, of others. But for the things that kind of slip through the cracks, mm-hmm. we have this off-duty, what we call our LEOSA rider coverage for an additional 100 or additional $150. Okay. So this is so LEOSA, you know, which 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 is big, you know, FLEOA supported it, the legislation and trying to get it, you know, revised and things like that. It's a it's a concealed carry legislation that allows all federal, state and local active and retired federal law enforcement officers to carry their weapons concealed, notwithstanding state CCW laws. Mm-hmm. Right. So we cover anything, you know, associated with that, I mean, I once had a had a case where, and I like to give this example because I think a lot of us could see letting this person in your house, and you can see how bad things happen. Sure. Oh, um, no. So yeah. I had a I, I had an ICE agent who was bringing a refrigerator or some appliance Washer, in, yeah. into his house, mm-hmm. and uh-huh. and he was he had to bring it up the stairs, and it was like he couldn't do it by himself. And his neighbor happened to be out front, who's a painter, with his day laborer he had. And he says, hey, I'll pay you $20. You just help me get this thing up there. Sure. So he did. Left. The guy comes back like at night, 7 o'clock at night. So my agent goes for a walk with his wife, which is the only reason he had his gun on his ankle. Yeah. Goes for a walk with his wife. He comes back and the 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 um, the um door rings. That's just huh? like that. I, I hear a door <laughs> ringing somewhere. I don't, I don't know who's I mean, there. Is a, Somebody over there. Is that me? I never have anything on. I think it's that table over there. 
Anyway, uh, so so he's wait so so he so the guy says this laborer comes back and he knocks on the door and he says hey 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 I I think I for I think I dropped my phone when I was bringing the washer in with you mm-hmm. can I come in and look for it and my agent goes I'll go look stay here he closes the door and locks it and I'm thinking in my head I would have just let him in me too right right yeah, yeah. absolutely Most people would. Yeah, come yeah. On he just in. helped you yeah. earlier that day right he right. went and he says. And he goes and he looks, no, dude, it's not there. And he's like, you sure? I have a job tomorrow. They're going to call that phone. I really need to work, blah, 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 blah. And he goes, call the number. Can you? Can I come in and call the number? So the guy's still trying to get in the house. Still trying to get in the house. And so he goes, all right, I'll, what's the number? He puts it in his phone. He goes and he calls it. And he comes back out and he's still, he's like, still nothing there. And then his guy's got a porch. So he's walking around the porch and looking like with a flashlight. Uh-huh. So my agent walks outside and thinks like, oh, maybe there's something. Maybe it's out here. Let me help him look. And that's when a guy pulls a knife on him, right? Ooh. Has it right on him. It says, give me your wallet. You're right. mm-hmm. Give me your money in your wallet. So give me your money. He throw, he, guy throws his wallet at him. Sure. He throws the wallet back. He says, I didn't say give you your wallet. I said, give me your money. <laughs> so he takes the cash out, gives it to him. He says, no, give me your money card. Gives him a money card. He's like, what's your code? He gives him the code. Yeah. Right? And, and my guy says, look, if that would have been it, that would have been it. I would have let him go. It's just money. It's just right. a money card, whatever. But then the guy says, we're going to go inside. His wife's pregnant. I left that out. The I, uh, he says, yeah. we're going to go inside and everything's going to be okay. And so now my guy is thinking, oh, I go inside. It's right. not going to be okay. Yeah. yeah. So he had he had some pellets there or something. And, and, his front, and he put it, had his foot up. And he had his phone. And he was just leaning down. And the, and the bad guy goes, what are you doing? Are you trying to make a call? And he showed him his phone. He's like, I'm not calling anybody. And he said, I watched his eyes look at my phone. And that gave me the split second I needed to get my gun out and shoot him. He got him right in the throat. Yeah. He said, man, I've never seen so much blood. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he Hit says, that he artery, went down. man. Yeah, squirt, he, squirt. Went, he went down. You know, now, the now agency, said- agency did not scope him. And we would have had a tough time probably doing that as well. Yeah. Because um, it was not like an operational thing. So if he would have had the Leosa coverage, he would have been fully covered. Ultimately, the state and locals cleared him immediately. Yeah. And there really was no family to sue. Yeah. So, but that's an example of just how you know stuff happens. Just how sideways something can go. Yeah, yeah. Additional coverage. Yeah, and yeah. when we offer it for so retirees too. Off duty, so on duty. we offer it for retirees. We're covering right now a, a retired DEA agent in South Florida that you know was in a bad bar incident where he had to pull his gun and you know and, and shoot and kill somebody that was attacking him. Yeah. You know, so you know that is the one area we cover. You know, retirees with Leosa as well. So cool. Good thing we almost ended the story. show, and then we got and we got back on. Yeah, this. we were like, "Hey, we didn't talk about this." So. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but definitely um, much needed. So for my federal employees that are listening, get in touch with Tony and Brenda one more time. How do they get in touch with you? FedsProtection.com, or they can call us at eight six six nine five five Feds. And are you guys on the social meds? Oh yeah. So leadheads, go there, show them the love, follow, like. Let them know you heard Love them here it. on the Talking Lead podcast. We very much appreciate I'm it. I'm sure we'll have more from you guys. Uh, we're going to be here another couple of days. Yeah. So. Sure. yeah, absolutely. As the stories come to mind, let me know. And oh, I got a lot. I love hearing stories, man. These <laughs> yeah. are great stories. Yeah. So. Yeah. He's, yeah, yeah. He's been around a long time. More coming from the 2021 FLIOA National Conference here <laughs> in, where are we, Warwick, Rhode Island? Yeah. Or Providence? Pro- I think we're in Providence. We're, yeah, I would just say Providence. Okay. Well, you just did, so yeah, there you go. Providence, I think. All right. Thank you very much, Marty. All right, all right, Leadheads. We are back. We are at the 2021 
FLEOA National Convention here in, was it Warwick? Warwick, Rhode Island. There you go. Warwick, Warwick, River Ricky, Rhode Island. I can't say it fast. <laughs> Try saying that fast two times. Warwick, 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 right? There you go. Rhode Island. Rhode Island. We're in Rhode Island. I'll just say Rhode Island because I can say that. We're having a great time talking to some wonderful people, getting some awesome stories. Uh, my next guest, uh, he's new to the show, but the company has been on the show before, and uh, I've tried several of their products and I've been thoroughly impressed with them. And we've got John Rizosa. Rivosa. Rivosa, not Travolta. Not to be <laughs> confused with John Travolta. Joining us now with First Tactical. Welcome in. How you doing? Doing well, man. Good. Doing really good. So, look, we're just going to go ahead and, and address the elephant that's in the room. So, you were telling me you're a firefighter, right? Yeah, I'm a retired fire uh, battalion chief, actually. Yeah, retired battalion chief firefighter. And during his service, he had an accident. So, tell us about tell us about the accident that, that happened. Yeah. Oh. We're going addre- to go ahead uh, and address it this so, was, so people know. <laughs> you got to pull me on this one, right? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, before I was promoted, I was uh, assigned to a truck company one night, and we had a fire at a, it was a, actually a crack house. Um, so I was up on the roof uh, trying to cut a hole in it and uh, got down, you know, had all my protective gear on and didn't have my mask on, but didn't feel I needed it at the time. And I'm um, cutting through the roof and unbeknownst to me under the roof was a uh, steel plate. Mm. Saw kicked off the handlebar, so it broke the inside of my front tooth. Knocked his front tooth. 25 years ago. Actually, didn't knock it out. It just cracked the inside. Just cracked. You know, I go to the dentist twice a year, cleanings, etc. And they're like, hey, hey John, your, your tooth's alive. It's cracked on the inside and everything. It's all good. Till like uh, last week, I'm eating a thick pork sandwich. I take a bite in pork sandwich. For some reason, I pulled out and felt like a branch snapping in my mouth. So. Oh, man. That was a $4,800 uh, pork sandwich. That's all I can say. So There you go. So I Got an implant coming. So... so it, he he's, he thinks he has a list, but I, there's no list here. So, but he's very self, self-conscious about it. But we appreciate you taking the time to be on and update us on what's going on with First Tactical. So talk about the latest and greatest that's going on with, with you guys. Well, uh, First Tactical, I'll tell you a little about, if you know about First Tactical. We were, sure, uh, for we, our new listeners, let's hear it. Yeah. Our founder, Dan Costa, was the founder of 511 Tactical, brought it up to the, uh, you know, the huge company that it is. Yeah. And... Um, so decided to go in a different direction and sold out. And uh, after a few years, um, decided he wanted to get back in the business. And um, got a couple of the few key people that started First Tactical with him uh, started our company. And uh, we, we hooked up with some really nice suppliers, you know, f- you know, thread and uh, fabric suppliers like Dupont right. Chemical and whatnot. And uh, we've got some really great fabrics that are they breathe, they stretch, and they're double dyed, so they resist yeah. fade. So we, we got a really. I good dig them. I, I got your a couple of your battle shirts. I was telling you about. Yep. Uh, tried them out for. I guess it's been at least two years. I've been. I've been wearing. I will take them out hunting. I will take them out when I'm you know doing range days and stuff like that. Just they're very comfortable. Um, and then your boots. I've tried your boots. Um, Great boots. Like all, the boots. All our boots are on our running shoe platform, like the boot I have on right now. It's just, yeah. Their uh, our our vice president and chief designer Corey Corey Nicolak, uh, was the chief designer for Five Eleven also, and uh, in the past he's worked with Columbia and Nike right. designing, but he's our chief designer and vice president, and uh, 
He's really attention to detail, and again, we've got some great suppliers. Our, all our hardware, like Prim Snaps, YKK zippers, are you know top of the line yeah. uh, supply uh, hardware. And our fabrics are, like I say, uh, two-way mechanical stretch, micro ripstop, and uh, Teflon coated. And uh, we we attacked a couple of our items from our other company and uh, another company, and we exceed them. And ironically, at less money, at quite you know quite considerably less yeah money, I mean, so. we were talking about that a little bit earlier your, your competitors uh that are out there you know their products are at least twice as much as yours uh but you guys are still coming in with the quality and the comfort at you know half the price of yeah our, our, our defender line now would be a fair statement they're you know a hundred dollars more per pair of pant but our, our our everyday our v2 tactical pant that we went out to like a 511 stripe pant mm-hmm no, a strike pant's a nice pant, but it's a $75 pant. Our pant is a $50 pant, and it's, again, not to sound redundant, but it's a, it's the latest and greatest in uh, thread technology, and it does change over years. You yeah. know, it, I haven't tried your pants yet, but um, Tia has, and like I said, she really liked them, and I really liked them on her. They look yeah, well, that's fantastic. The, well, that's the thing I was, <laughs> for, like, like I was saying. Our, uh, we have a true women's line. I mean, we, we have great um, female uh, design engineers, and... Uh, you know, we were going to go look for hopefully company wide to get like a twelve percent uh, female saturation, and mm-hmm. to date we're at like thirty eight percent female. Our pants just—it's a premium pant. Like our V two is a premium pant. It fits great. It looks great. Great. It, it resists fade. It's just a and for you know fifty dollars, it's a it's a great right great great value. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, we're also talking a little bit, you guys, uh, you're also in, it's not luggage, but you're in like the bag market as well. And I, I got one of your travel bags. Uh, our rolling, your, du- rolling duffels. The rolling, the rolling duffels. And I've been using it um, for about two years now, too. And it's really held up, not had any issues with it. Yeah, the zippers great, are great still bag. zipping just fine. And Yep. That, uh, that bag was designed for... It's been like through an, uh, TSA and yep. airports, you know, all that stuff, and it's survived all that for the last two years. Good, good. I mean, I use that for a demo bag, but that bag's basically for an operator to grab all his equipment and get deployed, or a wildland firefighter that's got to go for a while, puts his gear in there and, yeah. and, and whatnot. And, uh, we also have some great backpacks and, and uh, bags that, uh, you know, just... You know, depending on they go half day up to three and a half day or three day. Yeah, and they have bags that you know go inside them. Like you got like accessory bags and accessory. things like that that, yep. that go with them too. Yeah, so you got like a really a nice line of of bags and yeah, we um, cases. I don't know. I don't. Know. I, I just call that a big travel cases because I travel with it. You know, right. the the roller bag, yeah, the, roll, the rolling, <laughs> the duffel, roller the duffel. Rolling, yeah. yeah, I dig it. So, what else you guys got coming out? What's new with First Tactical? Uh, we're, we're, we're real happy. We just came out with a patrol duty shirt and pant okay. for the patrol market, um, patrol you know, divisions within uh, law enforcement. Yeah. And we're also real happy that we're in, and I'm, an, I'm a retired fire chief, so I'm on the fire side, too. Uh, we were approached by FDNY, uh, looked at, you know, a lot of... They had a spec for a particular pant they want, 100% cotton pant. We did that. They were yeah. real happy with that. We also sell them their first ever department-issued T-shirt, which was usually done station by station. But this one's a cool. department that came out nice with this new uh, Alpha Lux reflective uh, 
embellishment on so the it's t- like a t-shirt or is it like a polo it's a, shirt it's a t-shirt it's a t-shirt with you know a reflective on each shoulder a flag on one shoulder their uh, fdny patch oh, nice on the other and uh they, they really love it, it like and that we, moisture whisking material it's, type it's stuff? a it's what we call our soft uh tough cotton but it's a real soft t-shirt but we call it a tough cotton yeah and it's uh again it, it resists fade it, it feels good on you it's a soft shirt and uh, we also do their cotton polos for their uh, the troops and uh, yeah, so their pants and their uh, outerwear. We do the we do their uh, our tactics system uh, jackets and parkas. So our uh, department uh, lead heads out there, military, law enforcement, fire department, first responders, get in touch with first tactical here and uh, they could probably do something cool like that for your department too. Yeah, go to, go to firsttactical.com and uh, you'll you'll see some familiar things in there but again they've been all re- re-engineered and uh yeah. got some great suppliers towards towards them and uh we've been really fortunate that uh, we've been doubling in sales for the last four years in a row we're seven and we just turned seven on fourth of july oh well happy birthday <laughs> so, <yeah. laughs> the fourth of july so, uh, what a great birthday right our, our growth now uh, is just phenomenal and uh, people are real happy and again uh, the value is it's, it's and are you guys in, quality and a lot, are you in retail value. stores can they find you in retail stores we have dealers we have, i uh, we have dealers throughout the country yeah. and uh they go to your website and find go those to, yeah you can find those per region and uh, yeah and what is that website uh it's www dot first tactical dot com there you go and you guys are on the social meds also you're yep, on instagram and yep. facebook's and we're on, yep we're on facebook and all, all that above. Stuff. we have our own uh, social media division oh okay to take care of all that very nice do they want to take care of mine too <laughs> <laughs> we can work something out you know i like it i like it yeah 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 so guys go check out first tactical john i appreciate yeah you've taken the time to be on and getting us updated and uh again you know i've, I've got some first-hand experience with your products and uh, i can attest to um, the ones that i've tried out i really like them uh, you leadheads will not be disappointed yeah check it out firsttactical.com and look at our defender if you're into that uh high-end swat stuff that's a great line there defender and v2 and i appreciate the time all right, All right, guys, All right. we'll be back with more from the 2021 FLEOA National Conference here in, I'm going to say Rhode Island, but it's Rhode Island, Warwick. Warwick, Rhode Island. There we go. The Crown Plaza. Crown Plaza. We're high dollar anymore, Our, aren't oh, we? Oh, yeah, we're high fluting. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate it. All right, Leadheads, we are back at the 2021, I think I've been calling it the 2001 or 2001. I've been jacking it up. It's 2021. FLEOA National Conference here in Rhode Island, brought to you by Feds Protection uh, and in part by FLEOA themselves. So, Leadheads, go and thank them for making all these awesome interviews, all this education that you're getting uh, in this episode. Joining us now is Carl Lorio. He's with Bush Protective, and uh, these guys are really doing some awesome things for our law enforcement men and women, really adding a level of protection that uh, has been overlooked for several years as far as the the standards into to how they test it. And I'm going to let Carl introduce himself, Bush Protective, and then we're going to talk about that. So hello, hello everyone. Uh, Carl Lorio from Bush Protective. Um, kind of give you a little background. Bush, the company, has been doing helmets for over 40 years out of Germany. Uh, about six years ago, they kind of introduced themselves to the U.S. market with something that was uh, – state-of-the-art compared to what we see here yeah 
And I've been selling homes for 25 years and didn't know that the standard that we currently use is from 1981. It's a little antiquated, right? Uh, it's, a, it's a little old. Uh, <laughs> a little I don't old. know there's anything in this building that was uh, tested from 1981. So we started looking at the differences between the European standard and the U.S. standard. Yeah. And they were dramatically ahead of us. So obviously they came over here, started testing in U.S. labs. Mm-hmm. We verified what they were actually saying and realized the product was significantly... Um, different than what we were currently selling. Yeah. As we started comparing apples to apples, it wasn't even, there was no comparison. Yeah. And you guys have videos out there too. So as he's talking about this, you guys got a YouTube channel? We do have a YouTube channel. At so Bush. give that so they can, well, as you were talking about this, they can go look at that video. If you just look up Bush Protective yep. and you can actually see a video, a slow motion video of a current NIJ helmet, which is the current standard from 1981. And then, um, our bush comparison and then a uh, polyethylene based helmet which is a lightweight helmet right so basically the helmets that are designed in the us le market right now are military helmets now the transition over you would think is okay they're the same thing mm-hmm. but realistically a military helmet was de- designed for fragmentation le officers don't have that threat their threats are more handgun calibers right so when you look at the standard it's just a pass or fail, meaning that you shoot the bullet, the helmet stops, we're good. The only difference is you have this brain housing group inside the helmet, and that test does not. Doesn't address the, the penetrate. It doesn't necessarily penetrate, but it's still the bullet goes in and. That's correct. It may not be penetrating the material, but it is still penetrating. The bullet is stopped by the material. It's stopped by the material. But it goes four inches into the cavity of the helmet. Right. That's which, a bad thing. Which the head is is there. Correct. <laughs> so the FBI and DEA actually realized this and started their own standard. So from 2017 through 2019, they came up with the most comprehensive test in the U.S. to kind of replace or in addition to that NIJ standard. The Bush helmet is the only helmet that meets that standard. Now, what makes a difference is we talked about the other helmet was a pass or fail. Right. Um, what they do now is they will raise the temperature of the helmet to 140 degrees, mm-hmm. which simulates being in top of a, uh, or excuse me, being in the trunk of a car. So that 140 degrees is going to give you a different uh, ballistic result. All right. So because it's affecting the material, it's expanding the material. So correct, and aramid will have a different uh, polyethylene type material in right. heat. So that was one thing they do: extreme temperatures also of minus forty degrees. Uh, they do wet and dry condition testing. Another big change: they shoot forty-four shots at the uh, uh, at different helmets, okay. so you have a bigger sampling. Um, they do angle shots. They do closed edge testing. The current test is two inches from the edge. And if you think about a helmet and you remove two inches around the entire helmet, now you have mm-hmm. a tactical myamica. You don't have a lot of surface area to protect the officer. Right. The DEA profile actually is one inch from the edge. So okay. you get uh, closer to the edge, which is more realistic, especially if you're going into the fight. Right. Um, they also test the bolt and the hardware. One of the big differences is your weak point is you're drawing a hole in the helmet for your harnesses or your rails. Right. So you have to have a bolt that can stop the bullet. But let's say the bolt stops the bullet, the secondary fragmentation from the that bolt itself right. or the round squeezing through is a problem too. So in the FBI protocol, they do not have any uh, 
You cannot have any uh, penetrations with any of the hardware, the bolt or the harness. Um, and then they also do blunt impact test testing and also uh, shell uh, compression testing just from the, the actual pressure on it. Gotcha. So all that, in a nutshell, has created a, a different environment for the helmets. Uh, the I got a question. Sure. So on the, the pressure tests, what are they using to pressure test? Off the top of my head, I don't remember what the pressures were, but they were taking basically a, a device and they're press, compressing it in. You're yeah. right. So if it's, it's if it got so like if they got run over or Correct. something. Yep. Yeah. So yep. you could take the force of a whatever storage, whatever. How many tons of force on that on it? Correct. So it's got to pass X amount. Just like the harness, they're stretching and pulling it so that if a guy is hung up or whatever, when's it going to release or when's it going to rip his head off? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So but the video again, you guys go to, you go to their YouTube channel, uh, Bush Protective, uh, and they've got videos of these ballistic tests that they were doing, and it's amazing what they were passing in the past as being protective because you look at that and you see the bullet go through the the initial material and then to the inside, and no, it's not penetrating the material, but again, it's flexing about four inches on the inside of the helmet. Which is gonna, you know, it's gonna damage, kill, whatever, whoever's wearing that helmet. Um, but you look at the test that they're doing now versus that, and as far as it goes, there's nothing coming on the inside. There's no flex on the inside once the that round hits. And you're doing different calibers on this too. You were talking about. He's got a he's got a helmet right here, and we did a live video. You guys go to our Instagram, uh, and uh, we did uh, some pictures of of this. Uh, and you saw that this was shot 40-something times? This, this shot was shot uh, 32 times 32 down in times. Uh, Virginia. Uh, we did a field test. Uh, I see a 380 here. There's well, actually, that's just the thickness of the helmet. Oh, is that what it is? Uh, okay. This is the G2 round, which is the federal FBI round. Okay. Uh, these are all 9 millimeters. 9 this millimeters. is also a 124 grain NATO. And then on this quadrant, we shot some uh, critical duty, hornicle crit critical duty. So okay. we kind of did a little different things. We also did a, a bolt shot. Here yep. and an edge shot. So and when he says the bolt for our uh, listening audience, that's where um, they're going to put their accessory rails. So they put the rails on these bolts, and then they can attach their their lights, their nods, their you know whatever they're using, accessories, shields, face shields, all that. And then on the product itself, uh, so we have all the different cuts, whether it be high cut, full cut, mid cut, and it depends on the. Uh, the environment that they're using, whether it be tactical or patrol helmet, we can uh, cover down on all those. Uh, we also, as you said, the rail system. Mm -hmm. One thing's unique about our rail system is you can add visors, whether it be a riot visor in the situation within the last year, or if you want to need a ballistic visor, they are all, it's already integrated into the helmet. Okay. So you don't nice. have to get a different, uh, and then the visors, we have everything from Keep riot. Keep the same rail system on there, and then you can just change out the, Correct. the different visors. We have everything things. from riot to frag to ballistic visors. Um, Got your comms on there. We we don't build the comms, obviously, but we make the rail adapters. Mm -hmm. So if, when, no matter what comms you're using, we have the adapter to apply. Now there's a comms rails. company here. Have you guys y'all y'all talked a little bit? So Invisio's here, yeah. um, yep. and it's a very unique uh, relationship. Um, they're 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 coming into the U.S. market, so we're kind of the same uh, traveling the same path here, right. trying to bring some new product, a little bit more expensive into the market. Yeah. So it's a little bit more training and education of what yeah. makes them different, and yes, but quality, so you know, absolutely. With, with that expense comes quality, and uh, you know you're getting getting um, 
what's the versatility the versatility one other thing that makes us very unique is uh from a procurement standpoint is we are one size fits all right we have a wheel dial system on the back of our helmet that will allow every individual from the smallest female to the largest guy out there to fit in one helmet so that makes it easier for inventory and you're not having small medium large that small medium large extra large sizing came from the nato from the military side of the mm -hmm. background remember what we're trying to do here is trying to make a law enforcement helmet right. something that works for close quarters combat not fragmentation that's what sets us apart gotcha so this is designed for officers um and, th and that's all we do. We don't do military helmets or anything else yeah. in the U.S. A um, couple other features, you know, you can have uh, MVG mounts. Mm -hmm. You can add those to the rails. And then you also have your Velcro kits, your covers. We can do a, a dip if you like. They can that. hydro dip, lead heads. <laughs> they can hydro dip. We can My hydro favorite. dip if that's your favorite. Hey, if you want to send them to me, I'll hydro dip them for you. Hey, we're all about that. I'm pretty good at it these days. You <laughs> used to ask the lead heads. <laughs> So that's kind of us in a nutshell is, uh, you know, we're trying to educate the community out there on what the difference, what the new standard is. Yeah. Um, and, and try and get the, the and the, the difference between the military standards and then, you know, what you bring into the to law enforcement and, community. And we get it. Military is all about lightweight, um, fragmentation. You're going to be wearing that thing for 18, 20 hours a day. Yeah. LE, most operations are, you know, they're only wearing it from an hour to, or, or, or less. They have yeah. a well, set, like set you time. said, where do most, most of them keep their, their helmets is in the trunk. Correct. Right. Yeah. It's in the trunk. It's like they're, you know, the rifles typically. They're exactly. In the trunk till yep. they, till they need it, till the shit hits the fan. Exactly. So to speak. Well, very cool, man. So what's your background? So my backgrounds, I've been doing uh, law enforcement sales uh, and ballistics and body armor for twenty plus years, mm -hmm. and then I just retired from the Marine Corps and Marine Corps Reserves after thirty years. Oh, thank you for your service. You're welcome. What uh, are you, Sergeant Major? Yes, sir. Yeah, I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely can tell. So, um, talk about your your time in the service. So, uh, deployed twice out of uh, I, I can back up from there. So, I started out as an armor, and then ended up doing MSG duty. I uh, got to travel the world doing Bolivia and Israel. Uh, ended up uh, transferring reserves while I went through college, and ended up in the law enforcement gig. So, not okay. never went back to um, active duty. Stayed in reserves. Was lucky enough to get with a battalion out of New York. And uh, after 9-11, kind of was the epicenter. So we were the first ones deployed after that. Right. And uh, got into Iraq in 03, back in 09, and then uh, finally promoted myself out of deploying, basically. <laughs> Very cool. So you got any, uh, like, of, of your time in the military, um, what's something that just really stands out, something that um, you look back on and you're just, like, really proud of? Just lucky enough to bring everyone home. Everyone on my, my guys, my platoon, all came home. Yeah. So that's amen to that. Yeah, not injured, and, and we got home safely. There you go. Well, again, we thank you for your service. You're and welcome. We appreciate what uh, Bush Protective is doing for our law enforcement men and women, adding this extra protection that they they didn't know they needed, you know, or didn't know they weren't getting. I, I felt ignorant when I found out. Yeah. Uh, you just assume, you know, you're told that it does something. And then when you find out, and obviously the high speed photography is, photography is actually where it breaks it down. Yeah. You can actually see what's happening at different, different events. Yeah. Well, it's like you were saying, you know, you'd seen the test many times, but you'd never seen it with a, a high speed cam like that. Correct. To slow it down, to see, you know, that 
yeah. you can actually see in the video that I showed you the, the shock wave coming through. You can see the energy transfer. Wow. And that's that's something that we're not, you know, used to seeing in uh, the TBI, that w what's going to happen to that officer yeah. or individual if we don't account for that. Absolutely. Yeah, stop the bullet, but if you uh, can't color between the lines anymore, it doesn't help you very much. That's right. Absolutely. So, guys, uh, check them out, bushprotective.com. Yes. That the right. Are you guys on social meds at all? We are. I'm not a social media guy, but I'm sure we're on okay. all that stuff, uh, right. Instagram or whatever. But I'll find it, and I'll put uh, show links in the uh, the show notes. That'd be awesome. So you leadheads can go to our website and uh, check that out. Yeah, Carl, I'll have to get hooked up the link. Okay, Carl, thank you so much. We appreciate you being on. Hey, thanks for your doing. And uh, when you guys get some new materials out that uh, we need to inform uh, our community about, you're more than welcome to come on. Absolutely. Talk about it. I hey, appreciate it. All right, guys, we'll be back with more from the 2021 FLEOA National Conference here in Warwick, Rhode Island, brought to you by Feds Protection. Fantastic. So, so there, you, there, you guys, there you guys have it. Uh, we learned a little more about what Feds does, the Federal Employee Defense Services with Tony and Brenda there. Uh, and then you got to hear some latest and greatest from some of the uh, nice and firearm companies that were there in support of FLEOA. Uh, always a great turnout for that event for the vendor side of things, too. And I know that uh, we're going to have Larry and John and possibly Bill on an upcoming episode, and they're going to uh, talk about all that and some other FLEOA, Federal Law Enforcement Officers Association, um, things that they covered during the conference, the 2021 conference. Um, Tony. Tell everybody again, give give your contact information where our uh, listeners are federal law enforcement men and women. And it's employees, too. So, you know, you stress that in the interview. It's not just for law enforcement. It's for any federal employee, this service that, that Feds offers. And I think it's amazing. Sure. First, let me just uh, thank you, Marty, for um, you know having us on your your podcast. Um, obviously, thank you to Flioa for giving us the platform to talk about what we provide. You know, they're they're such an important organization. You know, not just to us, but for the you know the, the entire federal law enforcement um, community. Whether you're whether you're a member or not, that they provide such such important advocacy. To everything um, that you all do as law enforcement officers. For more information about us at Feds, Feds Protection, just go to the website, fedsprotection.com, F-E-D-S, protection.com. You can give us a call at 866-955-FEDS. That's 866-955-3337. You can certainly ask for me. I'd be happy to talk to you, reference this podcast, and, and be happy to you know, give you any information you might need. There you go. And Dr. Kanakogi, uh, you're probably the most distinguished guest that we've ever had on this podcast, next to Tony, that is. Uh, <laughs> with, I'm, with I'm giving my ego today off. All your accomplishments and everything that uh, that you've that you've done and that you are doing and continue to do for our law enforcement men and women uh, in the the fight for the mental health. Uh, greatly appreciate that, and I, I really would sincerely like to have you back on, and let's talk about, you know, your judo and your your books, and you were on Good Morning America. You know, we didn't even talk about that, so there's you know still lots and lots for us to talk about. Thank you, thank you. And you know, the the funny part about it is we filmed Good Morning America on a Wednesday, so I had all of that studio makeup that took three days to get off, <laughs> but it aired on a Thursday. On that same Thursday, I was actually making entry on a search warrant. 
So oh, wow. I was, of course, getting teased because I wore a ton of makeup to a search warrant. So it was kind of <laughs> funny. <laughs> so I dressed for the part, right? <laughs> so, so Leadheads, we've got more coming up uh, in our next episode of the coverage of the FLEOA 2021 National Conference there in Rhode Island, uh, presented by Feds and FLEOA. They made it possible for us to be there again this year, and we greatly appreciate that. So make sure you tune in and shoot me some emails if there's a certain guest, certain topics uh, that you want us to, to cover. Talkinglet at gmail.com. We'll make sure we make that happen. But until then, as always, keep your loved ones close and your firearms closer. <laughs>